Hi, I'm Joe Churin. Welcome to 630 Naperville. This episode is jam-packed with all the best Naperville has to offer. So glad to have you with us. On this program, we'll play Where to Go for Care, uncover what's hot in decor, and learn more about a person who stands with families during their most difficult time in life. But first, we're headed to Zade's Lounge with Kaylin Rizbold to find out what food and drinks are trending now. Kaylin Rizvold, President and CEO of the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce with your Business Forward segment. Today we're talking hospitality at Zade's Lounge. Come on in. to talk hospitality today with Jonathan Beatty, Culinary Director of Innovation at Scott Harris Hospitality. And I know that hospitality really went through a lot during the pandemic. Yeah, it did, most certainly. It's been a, it's been very eye-opening, I think, to, to see what's happened to the hospitality industry. You know, we have to make a lot of changes on the fly now, and it's, I think it's made us stronger and more adaptable, but it's made us have to rethink the way that we approach pretty much all of our operations. So it's been, it's been very trying, for sure. And as we're still re-emerging from this pandemic and all of that, we are here at Zade's Lounge with some fantastic food in front of us. Right. And you want to talk about food trends. So what food trends are we seeing now that people are coming out back to the restaurant? So the main things that I see are people are looking for an experience nowadays, even more so than they used to. So they want action, they want excitement, they want table side presentations, they want engagement. And you know, that's a lot of what we try to offer here at Zade's Lounge. And that's what we try to offer in a lot of our restaurants. But it is really the biggest trend that I'm seeing across the industry because you have to have something to pull people in now. You know, they've been so scared to go out. They've had so much fear that they need comfort and they need to know that when they go somewhere, it's going to be worth their time. So you really got to make an impact now. Absolutely. And something that I can't necessarily make at home, something that's different and has your own spin on it. Yep. Talking about spin, I see some pizza in front of me. If you want to talk to me about kind of how you took those trends and are applying them here. So comforting food, um, experimental food to a certain degree, you know, mussels, which is something that many people love and know, but adding kimchi into it, an ingredient, you know, we house make our own kimchi. So kind of that next level of ingredient and, and technique, but also presented in this wonderfully simple way in this gorgeous broth. And then, you know, grilled pizzas, something that most people have never really seen before. You know, the first time I ever saw it actually was in the Northeast and just a wonderful smoky crispy crust nice and thin with you know beautiful simple toppings you know i think that's a lot of what people are looking for it's a little bit different but it's still comforting and, and familiar to them and everyone wants that right yeah. we're craving that comfort familiar with a little bit of a twist mm -hmm. And speaking of twists, let's head over to the cocktail section. What trends are we seeing at the bar? So I definitely see a lot of trends towards frozen drinks. I think frozen drinks are kind of taking the, the, the main stage as we go into spring and summer especially. But it goes more than just frozen drinks. You know, it's drinks that, like an, we do a cherry old fashioned here at Zade's Lounge as a frozen drink. So that is a sophistication point, yet it's still a frozen drink, so it's fun. Um, so that kind of idea I think is really, really popular right now in the beverage world. So speaking of trends, are you still seeing large groups come in? Are they sharing food? Kind of how is you seeing that across the board? Yeah, so with COVID, we really had to re-examine how people were going to be 
eating and how they're going to be ordering food. And we've really seen the trend that they, they still order in groups, that people still like to get shareable things. Um, shareable things are very popular on our menus on, across all of our concepts. Um, larger dishes are not actually as popular as we expected them to be coming out of it. So we're still learning how to adapt our menus to, to best suit you know, the guest need uh, coming out of COVID. I think a lot of it is just pulling that excitement out of people and making them really feel comfortable going back out again because that's what still seems to be the, the stopping point is they're just there's this little thing where they don't want to go out is so you've got to give them that extra push. I mean the sweatpants are really comfortable. They are really comfortable <laughs> I know but but you know our burgers are equally as delicious as the comfort of sweatpants. Awesome so. well I like that and I'm so excited to support Sade Scott Harris and all of our hospitality. All and of our hospitality. That brings us back to right. just wrapping our arms around the hospitality group and what else we can do in addition to being kind to continue to support them. Uh, well, come out and eat. You know, come out and eat as many days a week as you can. Try new places. Don't be afraid to try new places. Um, and also don't be afraid to try new things. Uh, I think people have gone into their shell and now we need people to continue to come back out of their show and, and re-experience the world with us as we open everything back up. Well, I think a few of those cherry old fashions might that's, help. That's right, it's gonna, it's gonna open everybody up. Awesome, wonderful, thank, thank you so much and thank you for joining us here today. Up next, I'm joined on set by Adam Johnson, the System Director of Immediate Care and Walking Clinics for Edward Elmhurst Health. And we're playing a fun game called Where for Care. Thanks for joining us on 630 Naperville, Adam. Thanks for having me. So I have a question for you. Why is it important for people to understand what services that Edward Elmhurst offers and where people should go if they need care? Yeah, a couple different reasons. Obviously, some things are time sensitive, so you want to make sure you go to the right location uh, to handle your condition. Obviously, financial implications. Some, some locations are cheaper than others. And from a convenience standpoint, you know, like our walk-in clinics will are very short wait times, get you in and out, whereas an ER could be you know, a longer time. So from a price and a time standpoint, those are important. And I know a lot of people think of the ER first because that seems the safest when something happens, that's on top of mind, let's yeah. run to the ER. When should you go to the ER? Yeah, there's definitely some things that you want to go to the ER for. So chest pain, shortness of breath, you know, you fall and hit your head, things like that. Those are when you would want to go to the ER, some things that can't wait. Um, so the ER is always there to handle those types of situations. Got it. So I have a pretty good handle on that and understand when to go to the ER, but I'm still unclear on where to, and when to go to maybe the walk-in clinic or immediate care. So why don't we play a game? Yeah. We'll call it, where do we go? Okay. And you, you give me a scenario and I'll try and guess or say the right answer, I okay. should say. All right, let's start off. Um, you know, parents out there can probably relate to this. You, you're getting ready for work in the morning and you hear your child making some noise. You go in there, they feel really hot. You check their temperature. They do have a fever. You heard them coughing in the morning. It's gonna start your day off on a poor foot. Where would you go? I think I know the answer to this because I have three children and this has happened before. I would go to the walk-in clinic. Yeah, so the walk-in clinics are open. They can handle that stuff. Uh, that's what they do day in and day out. You don't need an appointment. You can make an appointment online, but you can just walk into one of our eight locations and they can handle that. These are the ones that are typically in a storefront of some sort, right? Yeah, we do have one in a storefront. The other ones are kind of embedded within a physician office. So it's in a medical setting, but a, a location that's separate 
just to handle kind of unexpected things as they, they pop up. Got it. All right, fire another one at me. Uh, so it's getting summertime, it's getting warmer outside, you're out sprucing up your yard and you slice your hand open, it's bleeding, it's got a kind of a gaping wound there, where would you go for? This is what I'm talking about, the first thing I think of is the ER. Yeah, and a lot of people would, you know, they see blood, they see things like that, it's their hands, they want to go to the ER, but it's definitely a location you can go to the, e uh, the immediate care for. Um, they have the staff, they have the equipment, it'd be a much quicker visit than an ER, probably a less costly visit. So the immediate care can handle that for you. I feel like there should be a scoreboard. So I'm one and one, right? <laughs> You're one and one. You're 500. All right. Well, let's do five of them. So give me, okay. give me the next one. Um, so one of your kids is climbing a tree. Say so they slip and fall. They come and find you. They got a big goose egg on their ankle. They can't walk on it or they have difficulty walking on it. Where would you go for? I would go to the immediate care. Probably. The immediate care is right. You can go to the ER, obviously. Yes. The immediate care would be a better option for you. They have fully, they're fully equipped from a radiology standpoint to handle broken bones, the supplies and the staff that can splint and cast and you know, get a referral out to an orthopedic doctor. Got it. That makes sense. All right, fire away. Um, so say you're at a family gathering, an elderly relative falls down some stairs, everyone rushes around, they're kind of unstable, maybe complaining of a headache. Where would you go for that? Again, de facto for me is ER. Yeah, so the ER is, would be a location you go for that. Now, anything that's involving the head, especially in like an elderly person, you want to get like a CT scan done probably, some advanced imaging, and the ERs are equipped to do those things. Um, and those could be a time-sensitive situation, so you want to get to the ER pretty quick. So if my math's correct, I'm at uh, a 75%, yep. three out of four. The last one. The last one. So. The kids are playing out in some woods or in some flowers. You're not quite sure where they were at playing tag the night before. You wake up, they wake up, they're itching and got a rash all over them. Where would you go for an itchy rash? Ooh. This is a trick question. Should I let them wait it out a little bit and put some Benadryl on them? Depends or? on how good they are. You know, if they're, they're behaving, they could. You could wait. I would say either, I mean, what I would do is probably go to the immediate care. Yeah, like the immediate that. care could do that. The walking clinic's probably a better fit. Um, you know, convenient location, quick in and out, you know, prescription for some cream or maybe nothing, maybe just Benadryl, like you said, but at least you get that second opinion from the provider. When you say quick in and out, what, what is the difference between all three of them? So a, a, a walking clinic visit is probably 20 minutes, you know, very little wait time. An immediate care visit, we try to get you in and out within an hour, you know, if you have uh, radiology studies done. Um, and the ERs, they could be two or three hour visits. They could also be a longer wait time, just kind of depending on what's going on in the community and other people who have emergent needs. Those are always going to come back faster than a rash would from a waiting room. So, Got it. This totally makes sense. But what I do know is as a parent, when you see something happen with your kids especially, you, you panic. Yeah. And you want it. And the examples that we talked about may not fit into what happened where can someone go quickly to figure out where they should take their child in this case? Yeah, so at eHealth, you can go to our website, eHealth.org. Um, we have a, a page there called Find Care Now, and it kind of delineates out the different options that people have. They can also check our chat bot. There's a chat bot named Eleanor that pops up on the screen. You can actually type in your question of your condition, and it will direct you where to go. Technology. Love Technology. It. Yeah, that's awesome. Well. Hey, you cleared up a lot for me. I have a better understanding. I'm going to avoid the ER more than I would have otherwise, yeah. thanks to you, and save some money Sure. on that end. Uh, I really appreciate you, you coming here today. Thanks for having me.
Is Shiplap still in? I have no idea, but after the break, we're headed to Little Luxuries to find out what's hot and what's not in home decor. Stay with us. It's only Q4, Susan. We were there when your fourth cold brew felt like a heart attack. Cold Brew has a lot of caffeine in it. We were there for that. Fair. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. Come explore downtown Naperville this spring with over 100 shops from national favorites to one-of-a-kind boutiques. It's the premier shopping destination in the western suburbs. Enjoy over 50 restaurants for carryout, delivery, and safe dining. Or relax at one of our many spas. For a night away, don't forget about Hotel Indigo, located right on the Riverwalk. Come shop, dine, stay, and explore downtown Naperville. Welcome back. Now we're off to downtown Naperville with Daniel Tafano to see what's hot for the home in another around downtown. As the temperatures rise, so does the inspiration for designing our home. So I'm here at Little Luxuries on Main Street in downtown Naperville to talk about sizzling trends for 2022. Let's go talk to Sue Fink here at Little Luxuries. So it feels strange talking about this going into the spring and summer, but if we want to add warmth to the design of our homes, what are some tips that you have, Sue? Um, I would always start with, you know, texture, layering, wood tones, um, the little things. Like when you're at your kitchen sink and you have your soap dispenser, put it on a wood riser instead of just on your, on your counter. Um, pillows and throws and wallpapers making a huge comeback. Go back to some wallpaper, um, panels on large windows. Just anything that makes you feel cozy. And speaking of all these things that you're talking about, textures and, and adding warmth, design trends, like what are we talking about for 2022? What's hot right now? Um, monochromatic is really making a, a splash. And I'm talking like painting your walls and your trim and your ceiling all the same color. Um, that's really The trim great. too? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so no more white trim. And it doesn't have... Like in one specific room, like we just did a dining room that's gorgeous, head to toe, all the same color. Um, it just makes a huge statement. I wouldn't do it everywhere, but little moments. I moved into my house three years ago and I feel like I've done everything wrong <laughs> because I no, did the white trim. And no, and, and again, regardless of what the trend is, if it's what you love, just mm -hmm. do it. Um, it has to represent you and how you live and how you function. And What other things have you seen that are, are hot right now that people are wanting more of or to see more of? So we've got the monochromatic. What else? Um, vintage inspired. I think that really warms up a space when it's something old, something that creates a story. Um, when your guests come over, oh, where did you get that? Or anything that you purchase on your travels, just really customizing it to, to you and, and how you live. And, you know, it, it's not something you just ripped out of a magazine. You have a lot of that type of uh, style in your store. Like, how do you go about, do you go to shows? Do you go to do travel to find these yeah. kind of unique things that you have in the store? Yeah, we do um, three markets a year. We do um, Vegas, Atlanta, and High Point. Um, and then whenever I'm out on vacation, I always go into like the little mom and pop stores mm -hmm. or the little, um, antique stores and 
um, like we're doing this event on Thursday with vintage vessels that I've kind of collected over the years and I have our candle maker filling them just for something different, mm -hmm. you know, um, that will add a little touch to your space too. Um, so that you're not just cookie cutter and you look like your neighbor and your neighbor looks yeah. like your neighbor. And um, yeah, so. We've talked a lot about what's in for 2022. What types of things have you seen kind of phasing their way out? Um, one thing that I'm so happy about is the minimalism. Okay. We had an accessory store. We're so happy <laughs> that you guys want accessories again. All white is going out. Um, that doesn't mean you have to redo your entire kitchen because I myself have white. But just add little pops of color um, and open floor plans. So uh, open, or open floor plans, all white and minimalism, I think are the top three things that okay. you might want to steer clear of. Keeping that year. in mind. You yeah. gave us a lot to think about as far as interior design. Anything else that we missed? Um, color. Um, a lot of color this year. Again, getting away from the white, the gray, the cool tones. Um, you're going to see a lot of browns and chocolates and amber and um, greens and oranges. Um, so just just have fun, play with it, you know. You can and you can do it really easily. It doesn't have to cost a lot. You can do it in your pillows and your throws. Um, go grab some wallpaper. Wallpaper <laughs> just does worlds for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, Sue Fink, Little Luxuries, thanks for letting us come by and learn a lot about interior design. Oh, thanks so much for having us. And thank you for joining us for another edition of Around Downtown. Thanks, Danielle. I'm throwing away all my nautical-themed bathroom decor now. Up next, Liz Spencer sits down with Stephanie jones Castalic to talk about her family's deep roots in the Naperville community. Thank you for joining us on 630 Naperville. My guest on Naperville Notables today is Stephanie jones Kostalik. Many people in the community may know Stephanie because of the family business, Friedrich Jones and Overman Jones Funeral Homes, which has served our community for more than 100 years. Thanks for joining me, Stephanie. Thanks for having me, Liz. So we wanted to kind of mix things up a little bit and give you some fun questions. And so the first question off the top is about cars. You tell me, you, you, are, you have a favorite car? Or a car story? I have a very memorable car. And there we'll also go. call it favorite for the purposes of your question. Thank you. Um, my twin brother and I, Dave, uh, were sophomores at the time at Bennett Academy, looking, you know, just about ready to turn 16, dreams in our heads, and I emphasize the word dreams, of having a fancy car on the driveway with a bow around it when we both turned 16. Um, my dad had other plans, and we're not surprised about those plans. But he came home, uh, not, not on our birthday, but around the time of our birthday, with a vet, and I'll emphasize, not a Corvette, a 1970 Chevy Chevette, which was a delightful bumblebee yellow, two doors, hatchback, and just loaded with all kinds of extras. <laughs> extras like uh, crank windows, mm -hmm. push the lockdown on the door, AM radio only, no air conditioning, tough. <laughs> Black vinyl in the heat of summer. It was the best. Um, so yeah, that sounds wonderful. It's very memorable, if nothing else. Uh, I'll, ne I'll never forget it. And there was a lot of comedy with it when we would, you know, show up to school with it, with all with all of its fanciness. But the best was we used to sometimes take kids, you know, to and from school with us in the neighborhood, and we'd be going in the spring or the winter where there's a lot of moisture, rain, snow, as we all know here. And uh, there was a hole in the floor of the driver's side 
uh, driver's side seats. So literally water coming up through the floor and we'd have like wet socks and shoes <laughs> going into school. It, it's the type of thing that it's a great learning experience and it was like everything we didn't want, but everything we needed and probably deserved at that stage in our life, so. True, and it, and it was at least wheels. Absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah, and we were thankful because we really wanted to have that type of freedom that all the 16-year-olds do. Absolutely, so. I, I had a 1968 Nova as my first car, <laughs> so manual all the way around. So I get it, yeah. I get it. So as we kind of transition from uh, being a teenager in, in the bright yellow car, what do you think are your three top accomplishments? Sure. So far, I um, want to say so far. Yeah, so far, yeah, so far, right. Um, probably, you know, to date, I, I married my college sweetheart, Aww. Jeff, and nice. we were, yeah, we w both went to Marquette University together. And after graduation, I mean, I was 22, he was 23, um, we got married, and this September we'll be celebrating 30 years. So wow, I feel like awesome. it doesn't feel like 30 years, it really feels like a blink. And then, you know, within uh, our marriage, too, we were blessed uh, with uh, three children that we adapted uh, in that time frame and are enjoying watching them grow up and um, just having some great family time, too. So. That's awesome. Let's not forget the two greyhounds. And we have two adopted greyhounds. Yeah. Uh, yes, we fell fell victim to the COVID uh, <laughs> dog adoption, but they're, they're sweethearts and we're, we're loving on them and the kids, the kids really love them. So number two would be um, achieving uh, master's degrees. I mean, why, you know, why we were youngly married mm -hmm. and then uh, passing the CPA because that was just a big, kind of a big animal yeah. <laughs> hanging, hanging over you. So mm -hmm. those accomplishments were something that were nice to, nice to complete. And then um, most recently for me, uh, when, when I was you know, going to be turning 50, I looked at kind of a year of 50 mm -hmm. and some goals set, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe a bucket list or two item if I could, if I could do it. Um, I ran the half marathon and I had never done something like that. I've always enjoyed sports and being mm -hmm. athletic. I've done 5Ks, but you know, uh, my husband and I both trained together for it July through October and ran it here in Naperville. And just to finish, you know, felt honored to finish it and, mm -hmm. you know, to really do that work together, it was great. Now, I'm never doing it again, yeah, just gonna to clarify. Go, that's going to be my follow-up. <laughs> Are you hooked now or no? No, never, never doing it again. So glad I did it, but I, I would like to do a 10K this spring or summer, you know, to try right. to set up a little goal, you know, to keep, uh, keep things in motion. That's so. right. A half marathon is quite a challenge, though. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. It I mean, it, it's, it's a lot. I mean, just it's, you know, kind of hard on your body. I give people really credit that I, I hear the do marathons year after mm -hmm. year after year because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine. So that's awesome. So, well, that's awesome. So my last and final question for you. So if somebody could play you in a movie, who would it be and why? I love this question. Okay. And that's, I think, I think this is a hard one. But um, so it'd be Gal Gadot. And the reason why, I, first of all, I love superhero movies. And I love the movie Wonder Woman. And I thought she was just the epitome in many ways of a, mo a modern day woman and has these great characteristics of integrity, of compassion, intelligence, bravery, loyalty. And I said to myself, you know, and she's also super active, you know, mm -hmm. like she's a fun, you know, she's the kind of gal that like, you could do, you could do a half marathon with for sure. <laughs> um, but I, I said to myself, if I could, if I end my life and I can emulate Hopefully, many of those those qualities or traits in my life that it'd be a life well lived. So that's, I, you know. that's awesome. I do think there is a Wonder Woman half marathon in Washington D.C., friend. Uh -huh. So I think that should be next. Thank you for stopping by, sharing a little bit more about you. Your you know your family business has been with us a hundred years, serving the community yeah. in our greatest times of need. So it's nice to 
to um, have your compassion when it's needed, but also to know a little bit more about you and see you smile and tell us a little bit more about who you are. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. It's been a real honor. We were there when your kid discovered poison ivy. Now remember, leaves of three. Let it be. We were there for that, and we're here for everything else. Here, it's personal, because we get to know you. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back to 630 Naperville, where Bonzi Valley grad Sarah Griffith recently became yet another Naperville native to achieve their pro soccer dreams by playing for the Chicago Red Stars in the National Women's Soccer League. We get to know her in this edition of Sports Story. Every year, like many American pro sports leagues, the National Women's Soccer League holds a draft where the top collegiate players are allocated to teams. And every year, or at least it feels that way, a Naperville native joins the ranks of one of the top women's soccer leagues in the world. I think it shows the kind of level that Naperville soccer has and um, at all different ages, and it's pretty constant. So it's, it's pretty cool to see, and it's pretty nice to also have a Chicago team to be able to play for. The latest in the pipeline is Sarah Griffith, fresh off a career at Purdue University, where she became the Boilermakers' all-time leading goal scorer. Unlike many of her predecessors, she's young enough that rooting for the Red Stars and aspiring to play for them was part of her childhood. Yeah, when I was like 11 and 12, having a team to look up to um, in the city from the same hometown was amazing. I think I knew I never wanted to stop playing soccer. Um, so yeah, it just gave me like something to look at and something to dream about. The ever-presence of Naperville natives among the areas and countries elite women's soccer talent has allowed a tradition and pedigree to form. It's such a pattern that those who are part of it have come to see it not as an accident, but as a result of the environment they developed in as younger players. I think Naperville just fosters a really competitive, talented group of girls. And so just to be a part of a club and a team that likes the home, the home roots, the homegrown kids is really awesome just to be a part of because I have these women that I looked up to and for Sarah just to get into that same environment where there's a ton of Naperville kids um, working together like it's it's pretty special to be a part of. Griffith officially joined the club of Naperville pros on March 20th when she replaced fellow Wabonzi Valley grad Vanessa DiBernardo at halftime of the Red Stars first game of this year's NWSL Challenge Cup against the Houston Dash. It was pretty surreal I was um, not emotional but very happy I think um, just to play like myself and play like I've been playing the, this preseason because that's why it got me on the field and um, to relax a little bit and not overthink and just kind of let myself go and play how I always play. The Challenge Cup serves as the NWSL preseason, so with the regular season on the horizon, Griffith and her fellow rookies are working to prove themselves to new head coach Chris Petroselli as they learn the ropes of being a pro. Even if it's a throw and if it's out of bounds, like you are always working and I think that was a big change tactically that um, you kind of had to learn from college is that every single moment you have to be locked in knowing where you are, who's around you. Sarah specifically, she's super good on the ball. She's super fast and quick and is able to open up space for herself and also others. Sarah Griffith has achieved a dream she's had for at least a decade. She's begun a new chapter, one where the goals aren't so clear, 
but she does now have perspective to look back on that 12-year-old who one day hoped to be where she is now, and what she would tell herself doubles as advice for young players now looking up to her. Just keep loving the game and play it because I love it and, um, you know, stay positive, work hard. That started with, like, high school soccer. I loved it so much, so, um, yeah, I would just keep telling myself to find the fun in the game and to enjoy the game. Reporting for Sports Story from Bridgeview, Illinois, Alex Campbell, NCTV 17. What an incredible story. Last but not least, NCTV 17 producer Kevin Matrak is back with another gem. This one celebrates the community's strengths and grit during these difficult times. March marks two years since the world suddenly shut down as the COVID-19 pandemic led to a nationwide stay-at-home order. Schools, businesses, restaurants, gyms, theaters, government buildings were all forced to close their doors in an effort to avoid spreading the virus. But despite the incredible challenges and often heartbreaking COVID stories, came something beautiful. The story of Naperville's resiliency and how he came together even while apart. It starts with the nurses and doctors on the front lines who gave it their all to curb the pandemic's impact on our health. Then continues with educators who rose to the challenge of teaching and supporting their students virtually. While many businesses closed their doors for good, we shared how others were able to pivot and push forward. Likewise, many nonprofits managed to innovate, finding new ways to care for the large increase in individuals and families needing food, shelter, and other services. Everyday citizens also stepped up to the plate, donating food and personal protective equipment, making masks at home when there was a shortage, and delivering meals to senior citizens. We've also told stories of people spreading joy to others, quite literally even, at a time when it was so needed and it also paved the way for a greater conversation on the mental health needs of the community. Sure, the pandemic brought many hardships and at times even had people divided on a number of issues. But overall, the Naperville community's response has been one of resiliency and a shining example for the rest of the nation. And that's why it makes our list of Naperville gems. I gotta say, I like seeing how we never gave up in that Naperville gem. When things got tough, Naperville got tougher. That's gonna do it for us in this edition of 630 Naperville. Remember, if you think you can do more, you can. I'm Joe Chura, and I'll see you next time.